Hi everyone! If you like what you've been hearing, please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon. That's H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. The Patreon's really the lifeblood of the podcast. It lets me dedicate the time that I need to play the games, to talk to our guests, to really set everything up and, and make everything as sharp as it is. Um, without it, uh, no cartridge really wouldn't exist the way it does today. If you don't like monthly pledges, I totally get it. Uh, there's also paypal.me backslash Hagelbon, and we can try and figure something out there. Or you can email me at nocartridgeaudio at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, and I will try and answer your emails as quickly as I can. Thanks so much for your support, and enjoy the show. Cartridge Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hegelbond on Twitter, and I'm really happy to have with me um, Kelsey and Alex Beecham uh, of uh, of Outer Wilds. And I, I'm not going to say what your positions are because I will ask you what your positions were, and you can you can give an account of what you did on the game. I found that uh, the talking to people on, especially on smaller games um, uh, or indie games, the the roles uh, blur, and I don't want to pin you down uh, before you have a chance to say what you do. Come on, um, but. <laughs> Don't don't actually come Thank at me. I'm like really I will, far away. I will not come at you. It's yeah. I it's, I that don't want to. I don't want to travel. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for being on. I'm I'm really happy to have you. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, I just want to get this out of the way first. Uh, I want to know what what you two what you two did on the game. How you sort of see yourself. If you can give yourself the title. If you can't, uh, in terms of the production. Um, you both worked on Outer Wilds uh, extensively. Kelsey, what was your sort of role in in making the game? Oh, um, so I was, or I'm, I'm the writer, uh, and okay. one third of the story team, uh, which also includes okay. Alex and then the lead designer, Lone Vernel. Um, I did a lot of, wow, God, <laughs> I'm thinking back <laughs> on it and like, obviously a lot of writing, there's a lot of text in the game, um, and, uh, character work, world building, that kind of thing. And I worked on like the narrative design of how the text works, where it goes, uh, you know, how you interact with it, all that good stuff. Nice. That's great. Um, I will have a lot of questions for you. Um, Sweet. And Alex, what was, what was, so you also did some, some uh, narrative design. It sounds like what else, what else did you do on the game? Uh, yeah, I, I was, I guess credited as a I'm creative director. Um, okay. And sort of uh, uh, the game started, uh, way, way, way back when is my thesis project at USC. And so oh, wow. okay. uh, it sort of has snowballed from there. And yeah, I'm one third of the story <laughs> team and also did a lot of sort of just designy things um, on the game as a whole. Okay, cool. I, That's, like, uh, I didn't realize right that. Right now, he's Alex is <laughs> insane and brilliant and it's, it's very gross and bad. Um, you will be offended by like how good he is at this and he won't like talk himself up enough, but he had like everything to do with the good, you know, the whole story and like the ending and stuff he's man now i feel like weird that i'm complimenting him i should just like shut up and let other people do that but 
I mean, it's always hard to compliment your sibling. Oh, and I should say, you're, this is true. You are siblings and not married. This was something that I was, I was told to emphasize at the top. (laughs) It's, it's a relevant fact. My partner (laughs) listens to your podcast, so. (laughs) Oh really? Oh wow! Well, uh, yeah, and that's that's so nice to hear. Yeah, if it wasn't incredibly clear, um, he would just make fun of me for like the next two to four weeks or so, and uh, (laughs) yeah. Well, if, you're, if your partner no, can't sorry, make fun just... of you for being married to your brother, then who can? Oh, God. Technically, um... <laughs> my brother in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, wow. That's oh, a, God, it... I think I threw up in my mouth a little. That, yeah, that's a, that's a real, uh, that's a mess. Um, <laughs> well, um, no, sorry, so, I got way yeah, off topic, no. but I just want to say, like, I, I, since my position is credited as writer, I get a lot of people, like, tweeting at me and being like, oh, the story's so good. And I, like, want to make super clear that it's it's three people working together because the thing was massive. Yeah, the story was hugely collaborative. Um, and I should mention that the other, so Lowen's not here, but he also did a ton of design and helped out with the story stuff. And the three of us, um, we all started, we all worked on it since we started out as a thesis project. So we've all oh, wow, been okay. here for the whole ride. So, you know, one of the questions I had, I actually have a ton of questions for both of you. I should say off the top, just so it doesn't come off as, like, so you weren't guessing as it goes on. I I uh, I loved the game. It was it was fantastic. Uh, I, oh, thanks. I've had yeah. I've had all sorts of uh, fun conversations with people about it. I um, it was the first game I ever watched someone stream because a friend of mine was uh, doing it on his channel and wanted me to come on because he was starting his channel and we picked Outer Wilds and it was just like I don't think we could have picked a more fun game to play collaboratively. Um, we just had a great time. So That's no, really I cool. yeah I I I just want to let you know that the I really loved the game. Um, I have a ton of questions about, uh, I mean, both of the things you did. Uh, I'm very happy, Alex, that, uh, Kelsey has told me you were a big part of the ending because I have questions about it and I, I thought it was great. Um, and I'm very interested to ask you, to ask you, Kelsey, about the, um, the way that you, uh, worked on dialogue, um, and, and the, the things, uh, well, particularly the way that you dealt with like dialect and, and, uh, and idioms and stuff like that. I thought that was great. Um, oh, sweet. but I see it. Oh yeah, of course. Um, but I say those things just to just to put a pin in them because I wanted to ask initially, uh, and it made me think about the the thesis issue. Um, so this had like an alpha too. Like there's a long, long arm of development on Outer Wilds. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you like? And and you know, either or both of you can speak to this. Like, how did you how did you organize that? Like, it, it is a it is a wildly cohesive game in terms of tone and focus and narrative. Um, and it had so many iterations. Like I, I, you know, in looking up a couple of things, just making sure I had the planet names right. The first time I podcasted about this, I ended up on the wiki for the alpha and it was so different. You could see the bones of it, but it was still so different. Um, one sec. Yes, you can. Okay. All right. Thanks. Oh, is that your daughter? (laughs) Tiny tiny child asking for cranberries. Um, but, um, uh, so uh, for for Julian, who's going to have to work through this, my producer, uh, starting again here. Uh, it had such a long arm of development, but it seems so cohesive. So I wonder if you can talk to me about like how it went through its various iterations, how it changed for you over time. I mean, as generally as possible, or as as you know, in depth as possible as you want. But the that story of like its lifespan is so interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> It's a big no, question, I know. Only because uh, ostensibly, like the first thing that could be recognized as leading to Outer Wilds was uh, seven year, over seven years ago now. Um, 
And so it's okay. just been this wow. like long process. Um, and I think it helps that we sort of figured out the tone of everything fairly early on and then sort of just kept really, I, I guess, I guess the easiest way to start then is sort of like the main sort of pillars that we've always had. Um, Great. and Kelsey, feel free to jump in anywhere here with, with stuff. Um, but, uh, early on sort of like, I guess like back when it was a thesis project, um, we sort of, we had these like three major pillars we were trying to do. Uh, one was sort of make a space exploration game that feels, and again, this is like seven years ago. Um, so there weren't a lot of modern space exploration games yet. And we're like, let's make a space exploration game that really embraces how dangerous space is and really Mm. feels like you're hurtling through space in a little tin can. You're going to be super (laughs) fragile. Um, It's not going to be a power fantasy. Okay. Uh, And then sort of like uh, kind of roping in on that, we were like, okay, the world's going to change over time. Like we're going to treat time uh, the same way we treat space, where it's like a thing you can explore. And we also want the world to evolve in a way that makes you feel like, oh, I'm not the center of this universe. Nature doesn't care about me. Uh, but I can try to understand it. And that's sort of where we got the time loop from was sort of, Oh, great. We want, uh, we want this planet to be bombarded by meteors and literally fall apart. Um, and we have to punch a reset button at some point to make that feasible <laughs> at all. And, uh, what if that was a time loop? And then, uh, the third pillar was this idea that, uh, the only reason to explore or the only reward for exploring is knowledge about the world sort of, can we get players to explore purely because they're curious, not because they want like a number to go up or they want to get an upgrade um, right. or of uh, can we trick them or not, not trick them, but sort of like, is, <laughs> can we make sure that the only re- the reason they're exploring is because they just want to know more. And that kind of loops back into sort of like our idealistic uh, take on what space exploration should be about. Yeah. You know, I, th- that, that speaks to sort of my experience with the game where, you know, initially there was some concern because we didn't know if we'd be able to fly, fly the ship. And it was like, okay, this is really hard to do. Um, and then uh, we, once we realized like, oh, it's, it's about exploration and there's a lot we can kind of do and a lot we can kind of, you know, mess up and, and fix with the time loop and stuff. Then it really kicked in and, and we were just like kind of addicted to finding out more. Um, I thought that really, I thought that really worked. Uh, I also like the idea that it was about, um, there was this concept of, of space being dangerous because like everything in outer wilds feels dangerous, but it also feels like with the time loop, it doesn't feel like punishing. The game doesn't feel cruel at any point. Yeah. That's not a fail state. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. I Um, I distinctly remember, um, back in like 2015 at IGF, uh, when we were displaying or, uh, what's the word? Just showing off the game and we had people come through and playing it. And I was, you know, talking to people and stuff we were all there and like i can't remember how many different people came up to me and were like yeah that's, that's, a, that's a difficult game it's like yeah space will kill just it, space is gonna kill the shit out of you space is crazy <laughs> dangerous <laughs> right like, yeah. it's fine you're gonna die a lot you're if you're dying a lot you were doing this correctly but it is so i mean how do you dangerous. how do you yeah like how do you sort of like is there is there some feeling of I don't know how to say this, like risk. Do you feel like, do you feel like, was there ever a point where you were like, people are not going to follow us past the, the difficulty curve here. People are just going to like give up and not get to the exploration elements we want. I feel like that came later. Um, Mm. so so the space flight sort of controls is one of the first things that physically existed uh, or was playable in the game. Okay. And, um, 
uh, people definitely had a hard time with it. Uh, the first version of the village did a terrible job at a lot of things. Uh, and one of them was, was teaching you how to fly. So like we added, like, that's why the zero G caves there. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, and sort of an, an autopilot got added, um, at some point. Cause we were just like, all right, like we, we can't ask people to immediately, it's a training wheel. It's sort of, uh, I say training wheel. I, I I use nothing but autopilot personally because I'm lazy. But, uh, but you know, oh yeah, no. By the end, that. it's like when you when you get to when you get to like the point where you have to get through the universe and you you know the loop and you know the areas and you're just mm -hmm. kind of like it, I mean autopilot's absolutely your best friend at that point. It's like just autopilot us over to the over to Dark Bramble. We need to get there, and you know <laughs> we've been eaten by an angler again. So uh, make it quick. One thing we didn't do a great job early on that we got better at as we worked on the game was sort of. Um, making sure that sort of the surface level content just isn't super difficult, which seems obvious. Right. Um, but we like took for granted certain things like, oh, people will be able to figure out gravity crystals. And it's like, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't have like jumps between gravity crystals if, it, if it's like a surface level thing that people could potentially stumble upon right out of the gate. It's like you have to sort of, it's, again, it seems obvious, but put your more like physically challenging content um a little a little more below the surface where players mm. are going to even though it's super non-linear or maybe because it's super non-linear you have to work extra hard to sort of create this difficulty curve where you're introducing mechanics in like a sensible fashion yeah that makes one sense. of my favorite moments with a lot of players is the moment where a light bulb goes on over someone's head and goes oh my god like the museum is useful which, <laughs> again, feels like a thing that should be a little more obvious. But, you know, it's got a lot of lore in it and stuff. And a lot of, I get that a lot of games you kind of want to run past the lore. You're like, yeah, yeah, this is nice. But it's like, you know, it's like the books in Skyrim. It's like, yeah, whatever. Right. It's a thing. Who reads I can pick it up. Right. You know. And then when people are like, oh, no, this is actually like teaching me how to interact with the world in particular ways. That's always a really fun light bulb moment to see. Yeah, we that we had that moment when we were playing. And there's the, uh, there's the little bit of... Um, a ghost matter in the village and it says like don't go near the ghost matter it will kill you and we, we were just like oh interesting and we just walked into the ghost matter and it killed us like i don't really know what we expected to happen there but uh, we won't do that in space <laughs> like that that uh, that was not there like for a long time there was no ghost matter in the village okay and then it's just because yeah like we added that because people were having a hard time figuring out how ghost matter worked and also we were like oh wouldn't it be good if like wouldn't it be good to teach people early on that, like, if you just do something obviously stupid, you are going to die? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that it's actually a was lesson. a big help. Yeah, I think, like, one of the things, like, you just said about the about the museum, too. Like, one of the things that I was taken by in in um, Outer Wilds was the fact that the the game is very, very consistent in taking video game tropes and then sort of saying, like, yeah, okay, like, these aren't, going to follow for this particular game like like the trope of oh just run past the museum or whatever right like mm -hmm. it's you don't run past the museum you want to know about the museum <laughs> um and like it is the same with like the the obvious death like well this game would never obviously kill me in this way like that would be ridiculous why would it do that and it's like well no it would like that's the whole point of this game it kills you sometimes <laughs> um and so, like, those those observations, like, those moments where the game undercut itself. I mean, I guess I guess I'd ask, like, were those hard to get in there? Like, was that hard to to make a game that was constantly sort of undermining game? Uh, how to say this? Like, basically undermining the things that games tell you in in 
as a gamer. Like the things that I would expect to find in a game often were not in Outer Wilds or were, were undercut in Outer Wilds. I will I say for the narrative, definitely not. Uh, just mm. because I have... There are a lot of really interesting game narratives out there. A lot of games do really cool things with narrative, don't get me wrong. But there are also a lot of games yeah. that do really, you know, dumb, obvious, surface-level things with narrative. So I wanted to subvert the hell out of that. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so just from the yeah. narrative perspective, I was kind of already coming into it with a, a little bit of a contrary mindset. But that's just the narrative. Okay. Kelsey, do you remember the uh, the first pass at the village? <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was going to be safe to drink water there. Um, yes, I do, Alex. God, they were... So, the first... Me getting involved on this project, just slight backstory, um, is my brother went to school uh, for his master's and was studying game dev, and uh, for a different game, got me to write some script for him, just, you know, lines, like punching up some stuff, that kind of thing. And that's okay. how this originally very, very early on started out where he's like, hey, I need, you know, some language for this character to get you to do X, Y, Z. And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And then obviously it snowballed very rapidly from there. But yeah. the first take on the village, oh my God. There was just like the outfitter was the one main Harthian and they were so sarcastic. Oh my God, <laughs> way, they did not give a shit if you lived or died. They just cared about the, getting their equipment back. But, like, wow. everyone was low-key like that, where they're like, yeah, you're a weird idiot for wanting to go to space. It was just way too far. <laughs> um, yeah. The game, the game that was, like, that was the way of telling you that uh, it was dangerous to go into space was everyone calling you an idiot for wanting to go there. We were trying to do this thing. The, the idea behind it was sort of like, oh, you're going to be, like, the one who's different. Like, you're the one who wants to go to space, and you're going to do it even though everyone tells you, like, not to because it's stupid. Um, but in, in, time, yeah. in practice, um, people, it was just like, wow, these people are just really mean. But also, <laughs> I, I the reason I bring that... a little hyperbolic, but not, not very hyperbolic. The, the, okay. reason I, <laughs> the reason I bring it up, and, and, and to be clear, like, yeah, it wasn't like Kelsey did a great job with, like, the writing for, like, what we... It was, like, our fault for, like, even thinking that kind of tone could possibly work. But it was sort of a bigger problem where the first pass of the village um, was a more traditional sort of video game structure. Um, okay. You woke up. And you looked at the sky and sort of like this meteor fell, falls into your village. And the entire beginning is like, go investigate the meteor that fell. And on the oh, way, wow. you have okay. to like talk to characters. And it's like, oh, this character's like, what? A meteor fell? Try to take a picture of it with your scout. Um, and then you take a picture of it and you show the picture to them. <laughs> and they're like, okay, go check it out with this jetpack. And it's like you're unlocking abilities. Oh, and it's like very linear, very, ch and, and, and it just completely fell on its face. Um, and a big reason for that was people just didn't care about the meteor that fell because this whole village is new to them. And by the time they've properly figured out what the hell's going on with the village, um, they've forgotten that a meteor crashed in the village to begin with. And, and weirdly, it, just, it almost felt like the outfitter cared more about you getting a picture of that meteor than you. So he was kind of like very passive aggressive <laughs> with you about it if you followed up with him. Yeah. Like, you know. And we're, we were like, setting what, up. You still these... haven't gotten a picture of that meteor? <laughs> <laughs> I like, I don't want to get a picture of that media. I don't care. What, what, what are you going to do with this picture? Um, and it was very, like, hard-gated like that. Like, characters wanted things from you, and people would be like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. And for a game that was ostensibly supposed to be about rewarding player curiosity, like, the fact that they were asking us in playtest, like, what do I do, was sort of 
a, a fairly damning question. Yeah, and, that must have been really frustrating. I mean, damning is a nice way of putting it too. Like, but I'm sure at a certain point you were like, well, "What else can I do to to make this clear to them?" Yeah, and and, and sort of, and, and people weren't even curious to go into space, and partly because the way we had done the writing was sort of. Like, like, of course, you're not going to be curious to go into space. Everyone's telling you, like, why asking you, why the hell would you want to do that? And so <laughs> we completely scrapped that version of the village um, and just redesigned it from the ground up to be uh, the fact that the, to the idea that you are the newest member of an existing space program. And we revised the Harthians to be people who actually were curious about space. And everyone you talk to is like, oh, man, you're going to space. And we you know, kept the danger element. It's still like, oh yeah, your ship's probably going to explode, but how cool is it that you get to go into space? Yeah, that we was that was a cool feeling. That element of not, uh, of, of kind of the people around you not getting it. Mm. Um, that whole, this is getting really into the semantics of the dialogue, but um, anyone who's no, not please. in the space program or like super interested in space like your friend is, they're going to refer to space as up <laughs> instead of out there. <laughs> Um, little things like that where they just, they're like, they're idly curious about it and they're kind of, you know, they're happy for you, but they're also, they've got a lot of things to do on the ground. They're busy. They've got lives. So we kind of kept that element of you being somewhat other from your village, but not in a way where everyone, you know, it felt like everyone hated you for it. That's what I, You're still very much the only astronaut currently on Timberheart because the others are out, out in space somewhere, but... I also liked that it was it was clear that you were someone who people did not expect to do very well as an astronaut. Like that that was that was a trip, but it was it was kind of funny that I was happy. Like when you when you meet um, oh which one is I knew I knew I would forget their names uh, when I didn't have them right in front of me because I forget every every character's <laughs> name and everything I do. Uh, but um, but like hmm zero G cave. Uh, no 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 uh, uh, feldspar felt is feldspar the Hornfels is who you're thinking of. Horn, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually no, I was thinking of the of the. So Hornfels, yeah, but also uh, is Feldspar the one in Dark Bramble, the one oh, stuck I there? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, okay, yeah. When he, when you're like when you get there and he's like, oh wow, you're the one who found me. Like that's weird that they're letting you fly. <laughs> like you, <laughs> like everyone seems to know that you're bad at flying, and uh, and it was a little refreshing to have like to have a moment where it's like, oh yeah, like this is this is a particular like genre trope where. Um, your character is not very good at something. And it's like, oh, it, it, there's like, after a game where it's been constantly undercutting what you expect to have it be like, oh, but you're still kind of like bad at this. Like everyone knows you're not good at it. It was sort of like, oh, I, I recognize that. Like I, okay, cool. Yeah. I can still be that kind of underdog character. That's fun. Um, I'm kind of very anti-chosen one narratives. And yeah, I definitely have a soft spot for underdog stories. But um, some of that is also just narrative design in terms of, kind of priming the player that like, okay, you're going to go out in space and you might screw up, but like, that's totally fine. No one is expecting mm. you to be like this ace pilot. And in fairness, probably no one is expecting you to actually full on kill yourself. But since death is in a fail state, <laughs> doesn't actually matter. So that's fine. Right. But yeah. yeah. Um, it was kind of this technique for situating players and kind of letting them be a little more comfortable with making mistakes. That's cool. Uh, you know, uh, Kelsey, I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, the way that uh, the way that you wrote exposition, because, I mean, it never comes across particularly as exposition, um, in part because nice. you. you <laughs> oh, yeah, no problem. That's um, a dream. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's it doesn't come across as exposition in one way because you're always discovering it. Right. Like it, you're maybe that's me as a player uh, more as more like maybe this is subjective, but like. When I was when I was playing the game, it was like, oh, 
sweet, we found a new thing. I can't wait to read this and find out what's going on in this universe, um, which is not usually how I feel about exposition. Usually I want to do anything but read the exposition. Um, so that maybe was one of the reasons it didn't feel that way. But the other reason was like, it was very conversational. And so two questions. Uh, the one is about idioms and how, so you translate idioms in this very, uh, funny way where like <laughs> the, the, the idioms that, uh, you find, um, when they're translated through your machine are basically something like, you know, if it'll be like, uh, one hand, uh, or, you know, I'll scratch your back and you scratch mine. It will be like something like the, the two itchy backs will, uh, relieve each other or, you know, just like very, very like wonky. <laughs> My um, favorite, if, if I'm allowed to say this, um, is please bet- between a rock and a place of similar hardness. Yeah, I liked that That's, one. That's a good one. It was actually, I think that was the first one I did, and I was like, oh, man, I could make this a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you never top the first one you write. That's always that's always the curse. Um, yeah, no, it was funny. The, the guy I was playing with was like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, um, when uh, in, in translation, it's, it's almost impossible to get idioms right. So it was such a nice touch, yeah. and it felt very personal. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, but I was also wondering, like, how did you, how did you go about not making, I mean, it's, it's a sci-fi game. So like there is a, of a sort and like sci-fi games have a problem with exposition. Like there's just a lot of it. So how did you make the exposition yeah. feel natural? Like what were your tactics for handling that? Cause I imagine it was not particularly easy. So probably unsurprisingly, I read a lot and I've read a lot of sci-fi, um, and I really okay. like, uh, William Gibson who yeah. does like the, he did the sprawl trilogy, um, neuromancer and all that. Yeah. I was going to say people more known for, from, from neuromancer. Yeah. So like, I'm teaching neuromancer like, soon. I, I love that book. Oh, no kidding. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. What I love about what Gibson does in those worlds. And obviously that's a lot more complex because it's all cyberpunk. Um, and we didn't need to get to like that level of specificity because we're a game. But I did. I, I did. My one critique is the Harthians of... never logged online. Why was that? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> because the internet was a mistake. Oh, um, okay. That's my hot political take. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we tried it out for 30 years. It was very bad. Uh, we should not have done it, and we need to shut it down. <laughs> okay, well, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, I, don't, you know, I don't actually think that. <laughs> some powerful politicians listen to this podcast. I'm pretty sure it's going to gonna happen now. I um, am. Thanks for getting that policy out there. Figure. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, so Gibson does a great job of kind of just dropping you in there without, with very minimal explanation, um, without over-explaining the world. He just kind of lets you get it and pick it up through context, and you're picking it up through, like, conversations and things, um, or just repetition. And yeah. that, I think, had a big influence on just my writing in general before I got into games. And at that point, yeah, it... It definitely was something where I'm like, okay, people can kind of... Plus, there are a lot of parallels going on. Um, the the starting planet, Timber Hearth, is designed very much like Earth. There are a lot of Earth parallels there. They're very similar to, you know, like a human village. That helps a lot, yeah. too, so that you can kind of rely on context to introduce more foreign elements. So that was a big one. Um, solar system. Yeah, that makes like, sense. Even just I like think that like, language. We called it a solar system, not a star system. That was kind of to still borrow from that human language, which I forgot to tell a NASA playtester. He's like, well, really, you should call it a star system. And I was like, no, I had a reason for doing this, and now I can't remember why. <laughs> now it's on the record. It's funny that the NASA playtester was like was the one to tell you that. Like, well... <laughs> 
I'm like, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that's a good point. Why did I do that? And then he laughed, and I was like, oh shit, that's why. But. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like I, I hadn't really thought about it in terms of, of Gibson, but the way you say it, like, especially in something like, like, um, Neuromancer where everything in that book is so strange and, and other as you're going through it, like you, you start, like you start by feeling very confused and then by, you know, like chapter five or whatever, you're like, oh yeah. Okay. So like when we're talking about like. Uh, you know, when he's talking about like the, the way he jacks in or the way he's like what it is when he, when he's online versus not online, like why he doesn't feel like he's in his body or like who Wintermute is. He was like, okay, all of this suddenly makes sense. And I don't know why, like it just got there. I think Uh. Alex and Lowen and and the team as a whole did a fantastic job of creating an environment and a starting space and just, you know, a core gameplay loop where, you're allowed to kind of do things at your own pace and explore and kind of gain context depending on what you're interested in. And that, honestly, that helps a lot to not overwhelm the player. You can come back to the starting area, talk to people again, that kind of thing. That helps. So, and this is actually, this this sort of uh, loops back to a question I have for Alex, which is that, like, one of the things that I, so I I had an episode, uh, and I think, I think, Catherine was saying, uh, Kelsey, uh, you or your partner were listening to that episode. So if so, that, that's cool. Oh, yeah, John uh, was. I can't listen okay. to people say nice things about us on the internet. I get really embarrassed. <laughs> oh, okay. To some of it. But it was with Scott Benson, and I have this massive, you know, indie dev crush on him. And I'm like, oh, oh, my God, he's complimenting the writing. And I had to go, like, lie down. So Yeah, the whole, the I did whole not time Scott was just thing. like, it was so funny because Scott was just like, I like, I don't know how they did this. Like, I don't know. This, it, it was, seems impossible. <laughs> he's tweeted at me online at one point that he's like, it was, it's like a magic trick. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, these are all things I want to say about Night in the Woods. So it was, oh man, I don't, I mean, I think I've peaked possibly as a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I've never, like, I've like, talked to I've him. been telling you about that this whole time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but like, shut up a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that. My husband's amazing. But like, yeah, no, I like, I, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I've talked with him about like some games that I know he, he like super loves like, uh, like Dark Souls and stuff. And I've never heard him be as glowing, um, about anything as, uh, as Outer Wild. So yeah, I mean, I can understand if you, if you have a hard time listening to praise while you tap out. Um, Part of it's also I want to contradict them so bad. I'm like, yeah, but I could have done X, Y, and Z better. And like, I wish there had been more, you know, it had been in scope because for like the first mm, good couple of years there, I was just part time because I, I was oh, working wow. other like they couldn't have me on full time, unfortunately. So I was working full time as an editor um, first at a science place and then at the Onion to like pay the bills and then eventually switched over to full time on it, which was amazing. But yeah, that was late, uh, later on in the process. But yeah. I didn't realize you worked at The Onion. That's very cool. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, not as a writer, as an editorial staff. But I mean, still. Editorial staff's very important at a satirical magazine. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that explains why the humor in the game pops so well. Um, I don't actually, I, I honestly don't know if that is. I don't, I could not do what The Onion writers do, for sure. I don't have that kind <laughs> of, I have a real whimsical sense of humor. <laughs> it's very surreal. Okay. I mean, well, again, like, that's probably It definitely is a line with some of the onion stuff because obviously I, I really enjoyed working there. Well, I mean, it seems like a wonderful place to work. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. He doesn't. Alex disagrees. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, 
No, uh, you know, one of the, <laughs> but what I wanted to ask you, Alex, was, um, so like, this is one of the things, the reason I, I, I mentioned that was because Scott was like, was really interested in this particular element of it. And I was too, um, you know, nothing in the game is like everything you see in the game is something that can impact you. Like there are these massive skyboxes with like, you know, uh, on, um, oh, I knew I forget the name of it. The, 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 like the tsunami planet, the underwater planet. Um, oh, giant steep. Giant Steep, thank you. Oh, yeah. um, like you, the that was the first one of the first planets we really actually explored, and I think for a lot of people that's one of the first planets they explore. And when we explored it, we were like, okay, um, we were like, all right, so um, there are these, uh, there are these like typhoons, whatever. That's fine. Um, it's not a big deal. And we we fun? ended up is it? Yeah, I'm and sorry, like this is it's, it's the planet that freaks me out the most. Well, so it was bizarre because all of a sudden we were on an island and then we were in space and we were like, what happened? <laughs> Why are we here? And then it knocked us back down and we were like, oh, these these tsunamis actually impact everything on this planet. Like it is just and these these squids can hurt you. And it it was a realization that everything in the planet mattered to the narrative, which was like shocking and very cool. Um, so I wonder, like, if you can speak to like, was it? How did you how did you go about making like the environmental storytelling in this game click? Like that seems like it would have taken like a massive level of planning. Um and I I'm, I'm sure it did, but like can you talk a little bit about that because that's the the thing that to me was uh, was so impressive. Yeah, I can I think we can both probably speak to a bit. Um first of all, uh, we had 7 years. Um <laughs> <laughs> Step one. Okay, all right. Good, good start. So that uh, that helped. Um, I'm not saying you need seven years, just that's how long oh, we God. took. Um, so from the er, really early on, um, it kind of goes back to we, we had those two core concepts. Uh, one was like, okay, it's going to be a world that changes over time in really dramatic ways, and that specifically is what led to kind of the ridiculous like the tornadoes that toss islands into space or yeah uh, what if sand flew from like flowed from this planet to this planet i love and the hourglass twins that was like that was that was my most satisfying realization in the game where i was like oh geez there's a whole there's a whole place down here when the sand goes away um which made me feel very stupid because it's like <laughs> oh of course there is <laughs> like what was i thinking alex what? will do that too yeah well, it's, yeah. it's one of those things that, like, I mean, you're asking about, like, how much, <laughs> like, we try to subvert things. Uh, we, we do, we do like fucking with the players a little bit. Uh, yeah, no, it, it shows. Try to it's be nice. But, like, that's a good example of, like, some of the stuff where it, like, seems like we're trying to subvert expectations. A lot of that is just, like, it makes sense on paper. And we just mm. expected people to, like, figure it out. And then it turns out to be this whole thing of, like... Like, oh, no, people don't realize what's happening for a while. And they kind of form theories, uh, which is awesome. And, and it's like, thank God that it's also just like the core theme of the game is sort of getting players to ask questions and then, you know, making sure there are answers to those questions. Um, it ended Sidebar, up applying... I freaking love that, like, they have a wiki and everything for this and players share information with each other when they get stuck. And like, oh, it's awesome. oh my God, our, our player community is, I think, probably hands down the best. Of, of I was like, I was amazed by the wiki. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I thought I, I thought I cut you off. Sorry. Um, no, no. Yeah, no, I, I actually I was I was thrilled by the wiki when I checked it out. And like, I wish I would have checked it out earlier just to like been able to deal with the speculation. But like I this was a game that I steadfastly did not spoil myself on. I found one trick in case uh, in case the person I was streaming with needed it. 
which was the the one quantum rule of being able to like turn off the lights and not see things and uh, the position changes because we were stuck uh. on that for like a while and I was like well, what is the thing? And I saw that and I was like, okay, this will change the game, but I want him to get to it and he wanted to get to it. So that was the only thing I spoiled myself on. But everything else, I was very, very careful. And I'm not usually a spoiler guy. Like, I don't really care. Um, but for this, I just like, I was like, no wikis, no research. I'm just going to figure this out on my own. Well done. Oh, I thanks. I mean, the best way to, best way to play the game, but. Oh, yeah. No, and I, I, I've not talked to one person who's like, oh, yeah, like I. I, uh, I I recommend you learn everything about this first. <laughs> Everyone's just like, yeah, figure it out on your own. People um, are really good about it. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I um, Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 please. I, I'm so sorry. Sometimes I get like a hot second of like, and then I'm just like, oh, someone was talking. Just no, me. no, no. It's, it's three people <laughs> on a podcast. This is, that's the, the risk of having more than one, per- more than two people on a podcast is it's a conversation, uh, which is a good risk. So please, no, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, part part of the environmental art um, being so connected with the narrative is uh, one the, the whole team was super committed to narrative being an important part of the game, and that sounds really basic, mm-hmm. but it is actually like that degree of of connectedness is kind of unusual, and I I can't say enough good things about the team for that like. You know, artists going back and forth, coming to me and being like, "Hey, how did the gnome I dispose of their dead? Like, should we have, you know, <laughs> cemeteries and stuff? Do we want to like say that they fired them into the sun? Like, what's what's the deal there?" And like pitching the ideas and architecture and stuff, and like me getting to incorporate what they were doing back into the narrative. And so a lot of it was as Alex was um, designing out these planets and building these natural systems and putting those in place. I was um, when we did our story meetings, we were coming at it from a perspective of okay, so if we have this alien group arriving here, like, where's a reasonable place for them to settle? You know, they're not going right. to make their first settlement on Giant's Deep, probably. You know, it's they, they interact with the world in what I, what I hope is a pretty authentic way. So it just kind of feels like it's naturally part of it. Yeah, that's kind of where I was um, um, leading up to with, like, we had very much like what you were saying. We had, um, we sort of built out the planets and the way the planets changed over time sort of existed first mm. and then we gradually started to started to sort of massage the overarching story into it because um, we knew very early we wanted there to be this sort of ancient race that had lived and died beforehand because uh, we were referencing sort of Mesa Verde style ruins we want it was the backpacking plus NASA has always sort of been the aesthetic um, yeah and we, we wanted some to really feel like cool we were... vacations growing up <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah wow you guys must have had a cool childhood we did, oh, yeah. we did a lot of traveling over, like, yeah, the American West, which was really cool. Oh, nice. um, and so, yeah, that feeling of, like, you're out in nature and you're like, oh, man, some ancient ruins. And how cool would it be if these ancient ruins were all about sort of the solar system and had a very sort of telling you these clues. And so um, so, we, so we started with the, with the planets, but then the narrative structure um, very early on we had, we were like, okay, there are going to be these four major secret locations that we call curiosities, and they're going to answer one of four major questions about the game. And then every other thing that you find in the game is going to sort of point you to one of those curiosities or be a clue. And that was sort of the start of what ended up being uh, the narrative web that we ended up with. That's sort of the rumor board. Uh, mm. Shiplog sort of shows you, which, by the way, that's like more or less just our design document. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the rumor board was so helpful. I like... I, I forget who Wait, I was saying this to. That happened after like... I was off the project. It's amazing. Really? I came back. Yeah. So I I, I left uh, June 
2018 um, to take a job with uh, a contract with Insomniac for a while. And okay. that was really fun. But also, like, I, you know, couldn't really be involved because the whole non-compete thing. And so sure. I came back on the game, you know, afterwards, after my contract was up. I was like, oh, let's check back in. And, like, they had the whole murder board set up. Oh, my God, Alex, you guys did just absolutely aces with that. Yeah, that it was, was just it, the game did not work. Uh, we had we we had a bad play test, um, and we were like, "Well, this is the one, the first one at uh, Annapurna." Yeah, I can I? I was gonna, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Hey, fine. <laughs> but yeah, if you're thinking of the one I'm thinking of, that was harrowing. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like 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 a complete catastrophe. It's just players clearly didn't understand sort of how the game was meant to be played. That like, oh yeah. And also like, there wasn't final writing. The final, after that point, we not only did we add the mm. rumor mode, because we had the map, the ship log was already a thing. We had the map mode, um, okay. keeping track of your progress. Um, but we didn't realize how important it was to sort of link the clues, you know, in, in, in a like path, the way it is in the rumor mode. Um, yeah. And then after that point, we also did a huge pass on the writing, making everything, making sort of like what clues, making it clear that everything you're finding is sort of pointing you to somewhere else or giving you like really actionable information that directly applies to something you, you the player, could in fact go do in the game. Yeah, yeah and honestly, like the first... is actually secretly kind of hyper-designed um, to, yeah. to do that. Because we, we had that structure in place, like, mm-hmm. oh my god, you should see our Excel docs, but... It, it didn't connect in like the most sensible way. We were kind of doing it through these four like mystery threads, but then that was kind of simultaneously, it was a little bit hard to connect to locations because they were kind of very interconnected throughout this solar system. So sure. there was a lot of work being done there, but even that each clue typically directs you forward in its individual storyline, as well as backward um, frequently will connect in with other kind of storylines and what other characters are doing. And like, there are even just down to, I gave a talk about this last year at Meaningful Play, um, but there's this whole like, typically like the longest arm of the found text is going to have at its end point the information you need to move forward. So that's kind of visually uh-huh. coded in particular ways to be very accessible. Don't know how much that comes across, but <laughs> no, for sure. And like, it was, it was one of those things where again, like, because I was used to it in other games, I was like, Oh, a rumor board like this is just, you know, have you not played for a while? Like, here's here's a catch up thing. So initially we <laughs> just ignored the rumor board and we were like, let's just explore these planets and see where it takes us. And eventually we came back to the rumor board because we're like, OK, wait, <laughs> rumor board is actually telling us <laughs> something. We have to we have to actually pay attention to this. Um, and that opened up the end game a lot more quickly. I don't know how long it would have taken us to actually get to the end of the game if we did not know about the rumor board. It's a lot. I think oh we God. definitely underestimated a bit, like how hard it would be to keep all of that information in your head. Because it was very much originally supposed to be just like, oh, in case you haven't played for a while, here you go. Mm. Um, we did try to make sure the rumor board never tells you anything that you that New. isn't just very explicitly stated in the te- in the actual no my text. We didn't want it to be a sort of. A I think for the most part, what's in the the rumor board is kind of just the core clue that like we would suss out. You know, for the narrative design part of things, we'd suss out what information does the player need to get from this clue to to the next one in series. Yeah. Mm. And so, like, it would often just be a summary of that. Like, this is what I have to write a clue, or this is the clue I have to write into this piece of text. And then from there, I'd kind of go back and be like, okay, like, reasonably in the story, what's this next bit? Like, well, how does this connect into other things? All that good stuff. Did you have to edit a lot out to, and I mean, this could be either in narrative or design, but, like, 
uh, writing or design rather, but did, did you have to edit a lot out to keep the mystery in? Like, was there a point where you were like, oh, this actually gives too much away? We oh, definitely yeah. spent a lot of time. I guess it kind of goes back to sort of how we structured everything. Cause so we, we had those sort of four curiosities um, mm-hmm. and then we figured out, you know, what they were going to be. And we're like, okay, one can be the Nomai ship that they is trapped in dark bramble. And then we'll have these three escape pods that those are sort of the clue. Like each one of those has a clue that you need to figure right. out how to reach the vessel. And then, you know, sort of do the other ones, the quantum noon, uh, the thing that sank to the bottom of giant steep and then the, uh, the time loop device itself. And once we had those, we came up with, okay, how can we use the natural systems um, to allow you to reach these locations? Like how do we build up systems around them that once you know all the clues you can just do, it's completely knowledge-based. Um, and then we sort of figured out, okay, now we have these clues. Where do we put these in the world? <laughs> and then it became this very like back and forth process of wanting to, because you want to spread them out. You don't, I don't think there's, I don't even know. I think all of the clues for each curiosity are actually spread all on different planets because we very much wanted it to be an experience of yeah. you go to a location, you find something and it tells you to go somewhere else. Or you're like, oh, if you want to know more about this, go here. Cause, and then it's up to you because it's all curiosity-based. Right. Like, oh, I really want to know about them discovering time travel. I'm going to go to Ember Twin. And then once we had those locations set, um, we started to build up in a world-building sense. Like, okay, how, like, how do we make sense of like, why is this clue here? And then sort of the end game of that was, okay, we kind of know what links to what. How do we build up little mini narratives um, with characters and sort of like, oh, maybe when this quantum rock, the, the rule of the flashlight rule you were talking about, yeah. maybe um, maybe a nomad that they were researching the rock, maybe they vanished without a trace and everyone was trying to find them. Trying I to love that story. Into, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. The players experiencing Just find the little tablet like, I, I ended up somewhere else. And what, what happened here? Oh, um, I wrote that one a lot, but I think the premise was consistent. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that iterations. a lot. Yeah. It was really fun to approach these stories thinking of them as like, you know, kind of, they're your precursors. They're new to this environment a lot of the time as well. And so they're kind of going through it the same way. And so, you know, the first time they see like a rock relocate completely or turn around and there's a tree there that wasn't there before. And I'm just like, Holy shit. <laughs> you know, like I love seeing that moment from their perspective and that kind of mimicking the player's experience. Cause that was really important. The player arc and, and experience kind of has to really mimic what the people who came before you were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was actually a huge thing. We found um, the more we could get. And, and again, it's one of those things that seems obvious, I guess, but at the time it was not, which is uh, the know my texture reading. Um, it really, really, really helped once we started making that mirror what you were directly experiencing yourself more. Okay. So like when you're like, when you find that escape pod on Ember Twin and they're like, oh, be, you have to be quick. The sand is rising. Um, like that, that's not what that was originally. Um, we oh, sort okay. of added that to sort of <laughs> okay. be like, okay, we're going to like, we're going to try to make their experience similar to the player's experience so that the player sort of has motivation and can, can relate to the things they're reading about. Uh, and it really but helps. But it does them. have to be. I'm sorry. Keep going. You're, you're oh, I was just going to say it. Oh no, sorry. So I was just going to say it's also a bit like it's hard to do when like you're reading text that's thousands of years old. Like, why does it relate to what you're currently experiencing in the present? Right. Yeah. And it, like, it, it, added, the, the flip side of that coin is also that like you can't just point blank be like, all right, watch out for the sand. You know, it has to make sense contextually. <laughs> but then it also can't. There can't be too much surrounding information. But there has to be enough that you could follow a story. 
This Kelsey, was the whole game was a masterclass in word economy. I feel like you did a really good job keeping us honest about that kind of stuff because Lone and I would be like, <laughs> oh, let's just like have the sand rise and like they have to get through before this. And, and Kelsey would be like, wait, but like if we do that, then like like the logistics of it all and like, wait, why would this character like do this? We're like, but we design wise, that would just help so much. Can we just do it? Well, that's why the story team was so good though, I think, is that, I mean, obviously we had somebody, you, who was coming at it with a very strong creative direction in mind, which I find incredibly helpful when I'm trying to, you know, kind of get inside. Because that's what you're doing as a game writer is kind of getting inside your creative director's head and being like, okay, like what, what's the view here? What's the dream? What's the, what does this ideally look like? And how do we get there? So you bringing in super strong direction and these great concepts and systems and then Lone coming in and, you know, doing a lot of uh, similar work because you guys are a formidable team like that, <laughs> which is sometimes real annoying. <laughs> but coming in with, like, <laughs> the system side of things and being amazing with that and, like, being really good with, you know, keeping the full player experience in mind. And then I got to keep track of really, you know, ultimately, like, doesn't matter if you know what all the Harthian characters' names are or all the know my characters' names. Not really, but for it to feel realistic, and I think that's kind of a key hallmark of science fiction. You can get away with some hand wavy stuff in like fantasy, but it doesn't always feel good. And the player can tell if it feels cheap. You know, it's gonna feel right. thin. So like this was for me, it was like, okay, like there need to be reasons they were here. How did they survive? How were they keeping the sand out? You know, like if we do this, does it accidentally introduce this other factor down the line that we're going to then have to explain? Because I hate justifying doing things with narrative. No, wait, sorry. That's not the right way to say that at all. I love it when narrative can support like gameplay and other elements within a game. That's, that's ideal. That's like the whole point. But then... If you have a narrative element or a piece of text that's just existing to justify something else mm -hmm. in the game, that feels weird. And players players can tell. They pick up on it. They're very smart. Yeah, no, I would agree. And I, I one of the things I, I really appreciated about the game, um, you know, initially when we got into the solar system, <clears throat> or the star system, excuse me, uh, <laughs> just, just kidding. Uh, the... Um, you know, once we when we first got in there, we were like, <laughs> "Sorry, um, the um, like we were like, it's so small. Like, it's this is interesting. It's it's going to be kind of it's going to be kind of like a a more a more contained experience." We weren't down on that. It was just like, okay, it's a smaller a smaller yeah. place to explore. And then, like as it opened up, it was like, okay, this is like it is literally as small as it has to be, and and like no bigger. And it, it just it felt like I mean, Kelsey, the way you said it, like the economy of language and the economy of, of narrative there, like it was exactly as long as it needed to be. And it was clearly that long and clearly that big. And it was like, okay, cool. Like once you get to the end, you're like that, it, like I'm, I'm happy it ended there, but I wanted more. Like it hits that, that nice little sweet spot. And so like, it was cool uh. to watch it. It was cool to watch it go from, wow, this is going to be like kind of small. It's like indie game small to, oh, actually like this is a, this is, exactly the length it needs to be very cool like this seems very intentional um that like that goes along with what you were saying like everything feels like a choice it doesn't feel like you just put it like you guys put it in there either because it made good writing or because it made good gaming like they really do link up yeah towards yeah, i oh sorry sorry go for it. I, I was gonna say like one thing that you do alex really well that i love about you as a designer is you don't you kind of are doing the same thing i'm trying to do with word economy where you're not creating a lot of wasted space or like fluff. And I'm not dissing mini games. I mean, like, again, I, I freaking love Night in the Woods. And 
every last one of the so-called mini games are amazing in there. And you, like, I could rant about that for ages. Like the paw hovering over the pizza where you can help Greg get the slice or smashing, yeah. you know, the lights with Greg. Like, oh man. Um, but, but point being, um, I'm going to reel myself back. This is why I can never meet Scott Benson, by the way. I'll just go full, okay. like, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm just your like, game <laughs> is really good. <laughs> I met Alex from the team, actually, or Alex, rather. Um, oh, Alex is the only one I haven't met. I've met Scott and Bethany. But, oh, yeah. Okay, so he, he gave a talk at Meaningful Play uh, same year, obviously much bigger talk <laughs> than mine. <laughs> um, he was fabulous uh, and very, very, just an absolute sweetheart to talk to. Um but I did, yeah, I did go a little bit weird on him, I think, where I'm like, your game is so good. And he was like, thank you, strange woman. <laughs> no, he was, again, very sweet. Sorry, I got off on a big old tangent. My point is, oh, that's okay. Alex is that's amazing the... because he's so good with, like, player experience economy. Like, there's nothing that feels, like, fluff or optional to me. Like, which is not to say that there isn't optional content. Of course there is. And, you know, mm-hmm. there are optional experiences and stuff. Like, you don't have to sit at a campfire. You don't have to watch, you know, the sun explode from a really pretty vantage point, like, inside the sun station. But those places are there, and they're all contributing to the higher, like, creative vision for the game. And I think that's half of why it's so narratively and thematically cohesive throughout. Yeah. Thanks. I would agree. The other half, um, I think, is that the that player said. experience was... You, you did a lot of, like... When you were designing gameplay and systems, and we were working on story, those two things referenced each other constantly and kind of developed based off of what the other one was doing. Probably the translator tool being the best example and the, the found text font for the Nomai. When, when in the game, when you meet the Nomai um, on the quantum moon and... Uh, oh, spoilers! And- Oh, yeah, so... Sorry, uh, I'm, I'm just okay, I'll, I'll say there's a spoiler around 50 minutes. Oh, this whole thing is going to be, like, spoilers. Just Well, yeah, so I was going to ask you a couple of questions. I was saving it towards the end, because like, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about the ending, too, uh, okay. and, the, and the overarching narrative. So hopefully, uh, you know... No one's no one's too upset with the spoiler at this point, uh, but I will. I'll put no, a I'm sorry. Out. Like half of what comes out of my mouth is sass talk. <laughs> I should have warned. No, you. no, no, no. Actually, I appreciate it because every time I've talked about this game, I've been like, "This is a whole spoiler episode." Like, play the game first. <laughs> <laughs> but so you meet you meet the Noah on the Quantum Moon, and it was just such like it was actually like an emotional moment to see her use the the translating thing to talk to you, like the fact that like. Oh, this little staff, those staff that you've been seeing all like strewn all over the place. Those are actually like little tools that they have that they can use to talk. And in fact, it's not clear that they speak at all. It's like it's all written like, wow, that I didn't see that coming. And like that was the, the fact that like the tool just like what what was a, a way of just getting across? OK, like this is a different language that these uh, these characters speak. They are, you know your typical kind of like alien, alien group. Uh, you don't know their language, but you have to figure out a way to, to talk to them. Like, yes, that was there. And that was obviously a, um, a, uh, a utility thing, but to, to have that come back thematically was so uh, rewarding. It kind of speaks to what you were saying there, Kelsey, with like, there's not any waste. That actually, that, that definitely evolved into being that big emotional moment. Cause I want to say the first time we thought about it, Alex was like, Hey, what if we put a living Nomai on the quantum moon? Cause we needed something on the quantum moon. There <laughs> needed to be a, we were like, okay, cool. You've like gotten to the sixth location. Good job. Like what, what's there? <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like, what if, 
what if there's a Schrodinger's note there? And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Then we had to kind of be like, okay, like what kind of experience is that going to be? Because that's really cool. But getting the emotional lead in to that correct in a game where it's deliberately incredibly nonlinear and I don't have control over how the player is experiencing that narrative is that is tough. (laughs) So when people started, when the game came out and people started um, doing like let's plays and having that moment, there was a let's player. I can't remember who it was. Might've been like Jack Septiguy or someone. Um, But somebody sent me, I say somebody, it was my husband. Uh, He is like (laughs) my hype man. A hundred percent. My partner sent me a link to, yeah, he's, he's very good. You don't want to get me started on him. He's, he's definitely the better, like two thirds of this relationship. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> My better 50%. Um, I should also clarify, like, half of what the way, like, characters talk in this game is just because I talk like a goofball, so. <laughs> it's um, good. No, it's, that, it, it, I, I like seeing from. the idioms come alive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My better two-thirds. It's, it's like something you would read in the, uh, at the station me, uh, you know? between those, those Nomai who are <laughs> no, in I love. Think, I think we did use better 50% at some point. Anywho, um, <laughs> he sent me the link to this, and getting to see player reactions and just in the chat just it, it exploded they were so excited and that was oh my god like that was a hell of rewarding i wasn't expecting it to be that emotional for me like i knew it was coming up and i was excited about it but you know wow 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 that is cool to see players interact with you it know that way. Rocks that act. Well, i mean talking about rocks so on topic yeah. She yeah, wanted to sure. tell me that there were rocks that can stick to magnets. Um, oh, which, that is that is true. That's just like, first of all, <laughs> and very important. And on topic for us because yeah. all of the Harthians are named after rocks. We noticed that actually. I noticed that because I knew <laughs> feldspar was a rock, and uh, and my friend Andrew noticed because he knew um, he knew Gabbro. I th- I forget. He's gonna get mad at me because I got it wrong last time. But uh, one of one of the rocks he knew from. Um, Dwarf Fortress, I think. Yeah. <laughs> he played Dwarf Fortress, what? and he was like, <laughs> like, yeah. Awesome. He was like, I know that. That's a rock. And I was like, Feldspar is also a rock. And he was like, really? Oh was say, they're, not, I was, they're not completely rocks. Some of them are glaciers. I took a ge- like one, one geology course in um, in university, and I loved it. So, and like who knew it would be so important. Those are glacial terms. I was reading I know, uh, the, broken, the Broken Earth Trilogy. Oh, oh yeah, you should definitely talk about this. Just, Dude, just way, one I'm, second, just one second. Oh, no, no, I'll be right back. No worries. Alex, if I'm too chatty, no, like no, just okay. shout at me because I know fine. I talk a lot. I get I get excited talking about the story. Yeah, no, you're good. Okay. <laughs> you, can, you can just tell me to shut up for a minute <laughs> if I'm like talking over you. I don't know why I'm telling you that because you're my brother and you already know this, but <laughs> it's it's all good. It's fun. I mean. This is like my first real chance I've had to like talk about any of the writing or the story or the narrative design. So I'm like, I'm way no, too excited. <laughs> always, always a, always a, 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 a an experience uh, recording with a kid. Uh, <laughs> thanks for being patient no with works. me. No, uh, no I just wanted to, counselor. just on the topic of uh, Feldspar, I was reading, yeah, uh, bro- oh, just Broken Earth Trilogy, which is uh, if a recent like sci-fi trilogy, I think N.K. Jemison. Um, and some of the characters in there, for reasons that make sense in the world building are like named after rocks. And there's a female character named Feldspar. And oh. just, I could not deal with that character. Cause every time I was imagining this hotshot pilot 
who it just like the personalities <laughs> did not match. It was it was wonderful, but it just like completely derailed every scene that character was in. I was like, Feldspar, oh my god, you're alive. What are you doing? I'll send Feldspar, where's your harmonica? <laughs> I did like how Feldspar, like you could open Oh, you know, actually this leads me into into a question and, and I don't know if uh if the, both of you can speak to this. I don't know which which of you would like to speak to it more, but you know, there's like there's emotional weight to, to all of these characters in like unexpected ways. Like when Feldspar doesn't want you oh. to uh, send help for him because he's just like, I'm happy here. Like, I just I just want to kind of want to relax. Um, and and the other one was uh, I forget who it was. I want to say it's Gabbro, but it might not be on the no Gabbro's on uh, Giant's Deep. Uh, the, the, the guy on um, Chert. Uh, technically, uh, when, technically, it's not because they're, they're not. Binary, so very. Oh well, guys, yes. Oh, oh excuse sorry. me. I got that wrong the whole time. No, no, it's we hard talked about not that to, unfortunately, a lot. Partly because we were going for a very androgynous design with the art, but it did end up skewing a bit masculine. Possibly just because they don't have hair and stuff, you know, and they don't it have these feminine features. So the brain tends to default a bit male. But but I don't we know, talked I, actually. I'm very passionate about like why would aliens just have two genders in the first place, and like you know. We we were like we were actually very interested in that uh, throughout the stream. Like we we were very like hyper focused on what the gender uh, pronouns were, and we were like, oh wow, the 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 Harthians are uh, non-binary. And then when we found that the Nomai had pronouns, we were like, oh wow, the Nomai have a different pronouns than the, the Harthians do. We were like really. The one thing that annoyed me about that was that I could do they them make sense with um, the Harthians because it's so consistent. And mm-hmm. I specifically did some stuff right at the beginning where I was like, oh, you're looking for uh, Hornfellas? They can be found in the observatory because, you know, we kind of had to write out the gate. Uh, uh, one of the producers on the game was like, uh, you need to make sure that players aren't like immediately befuddled by this because I'm, you know, a younger millennial and I, I, I tend to make some assumptions like, no, people will get that. That's fine. The one thing that really <laughs> frustrated me was... Um, Doing he and she with the uh, nomai was to kind of drive home the point that everyone, you know, different species have different concepts of gender, probably. Um, mm-hmm. And I like that. That's interesting to me. However, because it was all written and you weren't referring to specific characters sometimes, I could not, for the life of me, get they, them in there as a third pronoun. And I really wanted to. Oh, so that yeah, bothers that... me still. No, that's interesting. Because, like, honestly, I, I really, I thought that they were sort of a more binary species because of that. Like they sort of saw it as a binary, but that's interesting that in fact it was just sort of like a, a, a larger kind of, um, it was an ex- it was an exploration of a larger spectrum of gender there. That's very interesting to hear. I like that. Yeah. Um, I, it was really cool to be able to do some work with that. And I will also say that having a binary gender, cause that's the one obviously humans are a little more connected with, um, just by nature of it's, it's, been a concept for a long time. I don't know if you're aware. <laughs> oh, um, hang on, really? <laughs> just, I'll give you a minute if you need to Wikipedia this. This is um, going to be, yeah, no, excuse me. Yeah. Big, big spoilers. No, um, that was something we could attribute to the Nomai that kind of made them, because we've talked a lot about how the Harthians, you know, you you see them and stuff, you have this kind of Earth-like planet, you have a very like human village proxy kind of set up, the space program and all that. Um, we also needed things for the Nomai to feel kind of have human touchstones as well, since okay, they're, yeah. they're, you know, the more foreign species for sure. So that was kind of one like cheat for that, basically. 
Oh, interesting. So actually, this leads this leads me really to uh, like the, the 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 question I wanted to ask for a long time. I didn't really know how. Um, so like, there is a lot in here that is relatable, and a lot in here that seems. Uh, I, I'll. I'll I don't want to. I don't want to put words in your mouth. And and like I just talked to um, uh, someone who was working on um, uh, to, to Teddy Deef uh, from uh, Hyperlight Drifter, um, and oh, yeah. I asked him about the politics in his game, and he was just like, "Oh, you know, I never really thought about that." And we <laughs> sort of like worked it out. But <laughs> it seems like there's politics in here. There are a lot of sort of like uh, people who are name dropped who are have become kind of left-wing darlings. Uh, Street Fight Radio gets mentioned in the credits. Uh, obviously, we've talked about Scott a lot. I'm just like wondering, like, what, how do you, where do you see the politics of this game falling? Are there politics to this game? Did you intentionally put any in? Like, there are moments where I thought I saw some, but I never really know if um, I'm putting words yeah. in anyone's mouth. There are politics to any game just by merit of being something that exists. You know, you, you can't make anything in a vacuum, culture-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But I don't think we're necessarily trying to push anything on anyone. I mean, I'm, I feel very strongly about, you know, they, them as a third person singular pronoun, because we obviously need to change language and adapt it as we change and better understand ourselves. But that was kind of my big one. And then I'm, not surprisingly, I'm a feminist. <laughs> I believe in gender equality. And uh, I don't know why that's like a hot button issue sometimes to say you're a feminist, but I just think equal rights in for games? genders, Never. am I right? <laughs> I know! <laughs> it's like, uh, John, do we need a plan if we if we get doxxed or something? And he's like, oh, no, no, that probably won't happen. I should have taken his last name because it's a very, like, general, a, a more common last name than mine. No, I'm, uh, mm. I'm kind of being flippant here. But no, point being, um, I wanted to be careful that we weren't, you know, like there's a lot of assumptions about the main character being a male. And I grew up playing video games, like surprising, I know. And <laughs> I definitely got to a point where I identified with a male hero so much that, because it was always a male hero, that anytime a woman showed up, I'm like, oh, who's this chick? She's probably going to hit <laughs> on me or like make me protector or get me to do some favor because <laughs> I'm like romantically interested or some shit like that. And like, that's a very negative perspective for a young girl to have <laughs> yeah. growing up and trying to understand what it means to be female. <laughs> <laughs> what it means to and, be female is you will uh, hit on or want to be protected by someone you meet. That's, uh, just, that's rough. Yeah. That's not, not ideal. You gotta be pretty to be of interest because otherwise you're comic relief. So like, that's oh. the whole thing. Yeah. It's, it's a very weird kind of and then and then everyone starts calling you a tomboy and just like it spirals it's a whole thing it's nothing that like did it ruin me for life obviously not but once <laughs> i was a little older and we started getting games like you had the option in pokemon after a while to be a girl that yeah. was really exciting to me playing games with with female protagonists that you know like that's really interesting and exciting to me as as a young you know i mean as still now but even as a younger a younger girl so I don't think we did anything here with pronouns or anything like that, where we were like, behold, we're champions of gender politics. It's more just, <laughs> I remember growing up and being annoyed that I had to constantly use these pronouns that didn't apply to me. And so if I can change it so that, you know, maybe other people who don't go by he or she pronouns 
can have that experience too, that's something I want to be able to give them. That's kind of all for me for that. That makes sense. We also obviously have a lot in there about science. So (laughs) yeah. And I thought like shocker, I was, I was really surprised and, and pleased by the, the way that you fit in the bits on like, um, on, uh, appropriate, uh, maintenance of natural resources and, uh, and like even, even to the point of like imperialism where like, uh, the, the Nomai notice that the Harthians are developing and they're like, Oh no, like we can't mine here. There are these species and we have to let them like grow. Um, yeah. you know, I wonder what their fourth eye's all about. And then they, you know, Alex, they had the out. mural for that. Was that Wesley? What's that? Who did the mural for the, uh, the Harthians meeting or the, the Nomai meeting the proto Harthians? Oh, Ian did all so the, Wesley? Mural, the mural stuff. Who did? Ian, our concept artist. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ian's brilliant, too. The whole team's brilliant. I, I'll i go on. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's really interesting because, like, it, it felt very – I guess, like, that, that actually explains a lot to me because the game felt very open in the way it cared about and, and sort of, like, was respectful towards its characters. But there was never, like – it was never an obvious kind of like political um, approach, uh, you know. Uh, it, it didn't feel like you were, as you say, like pushing anything. It just felt like a narrative. Um, that explains there's, a lot about it. There's one thing we push. Um, it's probably a please fund space exploration. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah fair it's enough. Like, <laughs> early on, like it's actually like very much a thing. We're just like, my god, like. Let's just, uh, but, but, but more in the, like, let's get people excited about science and space and exploring beyond the confines of what we know. Um, we, but you I guys love must that. love Space Force now. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, Wait, <laughs> let's police space now. Um, yeah, no, 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 that, that totally makes sense. I never and I mean, thought that, we would have a president who wants to have space marines that I don't like. Like, those two <laughs> things seem... Like, I feel like if you'd asked me, like, ten years ago, I'd be like, hey, the president wants space marines, I would have been like, shit, yeah! Awesome! No, Can I join you with Star Trek? Kind of a but pacifist, no, yeah, but... <laughs> oh, man, I... Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like, Alex, you and I have run into... Especially, like, high school was a bit like that, where we just ran into a lot of people that did not understand why you'd give a shit about science. Hmm. Right. Or, like, they're just a lot of... Like, people don't want to fund it. And they're like, well, but we're not getting results or we're not getting X, Y, Z. And it's not like put X amount of effort in, get proportional scientific rewards. Like, that's not... (laughs) Right, we tried really hard. And that's why I love, like, yeah, the way the Nomai are so... I mean, they're so naturally curious. um, And every character in the game, the Harthians and the Nomai, are sort of just, like, okay with... They're excited to know things just for the intrinsic value of knowing them. But then I also love that we ended up... We we made sure that they weren't, like you're saying, like, strip-mining the environment for the sake of this knowledge. It's very being respectful, sort of, of the planets. Um, (laughs) I remember when we we, uh, added sort of the sun station... um, because we were trying to figure out, like, okay, originally uh, the time loop activated just because of it was built to work on solar energy. And we we're like, oh, well, a supernova is like intense solar energy. And it was like, well, that doesn't, doesn't really make any sense. Um, what, if, <laughs> what if it was designed to be to respond to a supernova in the first place and the Nomai were actually going to create one artificially? And that created this really interesting conflict in their society because already they were supposed to be this very um, 
non-interventionist sort of respectful of nature species. And now they're talking about blowing up the sun. Uh, but it, I, I mean, Kelsey handled that really well. Yeah, I liked well, all the conversations there. It gave us a lot there. of like, it gave us some drama that we needed because otherwise yeah. the gnome I I hate that trope of like, hyper-advanced, you know, your generic hyper-advanced species that's like, ah, we do not war. We are of a higher caliber, and we <laughs> just science all the time, and it's very good, and that is our purpose. And it just gets a bit like, okay, that's real stale and weird. Okay, sure, 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 sure. So, like, having some drama in there, because we didn't want to have it be a society that, you know, you see the Harthians, they have a lot of personal conflicts going on, and some of that still obviously exists with the Nomai, but it was good to be able to point to something and say, like, yeah, here's a big source of conflict for them. And I think yeah. a lot of that was Alex and Loan, especially, um, the two of them were like, well, okay, like, here's why they'd want to do this, pushing, like, the scientific curiosity angle. And then I was kind of responding with, like, no, but they wouldn't because of this environmental angle. And, like, a lot of that was kind of just lifted and put into that debate as we were sussing out whether they would or wouldn't do this. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so, I, I, wow, I've kept you over an hour now. I, I will, I will try and wrap up a little quick. Um, uh, but Sorry, I was I like curious. <laughs> no, gosh, it's no, it's a, it shed. is an absolute pleasure. Um, but let me ask, like the ending. Um, so I'll, I'll say off that I really liked the ending. I thought I was impressed that um, there was a coherent ending. Not because I didn't <laughs> expect it from your game, me too. but because. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't expect it from anything. Like I'm, uh, I, I, my initial career in life was a literary critic, and uh, I, you know, I have a PhD to prove it and all that. But like, the holy the, shit, you approve of this game? Yeah, no, I like oh, it. Oh man, I just, I think I just checked off a few life goals there. <laughs> I'm glad. To, well, I'm thanks, glad. Yeah, honestly, if, a, <laughs> if my PhD can help anyone do something on their bucket list, that like that is more use than I ever thought I'd get out of it. But um, no, I mean, like it's it. One of the things that I, I was a real kind of like um, persistent uh, nagging problem with literature for me was that like I couldn't find things that had consistently good endings. And it's something actually a lot of literary critics write about. There's a whole book called Sense of an Ending, not the novel, but the critical book. Beginnings are um, easy. Endings are hard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like the. Well, because nobody fact, sets out to just practice writing endings. Someone it's should, but no one does. <laughs> it's weird. But like. I thought the ending really landed well, but like I could never quite explain what happened beat by beat, right? Um, and I'm not asking you to, because like I feel like on some level that's maybe the wrong question yeah, to no, ask. For sure. um, yeah. But I'm curious. I'm curious as to how the ending came together for you. Um, and this probably has this probably is a question for both of you, but maybe maybe it's ultimately also a question for Alex because I think it's um, largely a question for Alex actually. Yeah, because this was, was something. A lot of that was him. Okay, so Alex, I mean, how a lot of he... the story was him in general for how chatty I've been this whole time. I'm just excited because I don't usually get to talk to press <laughs> or like. No, know, I mean you guys. No, you, and stuff. I'm happy because it feels like I always feel like whenever I talk to to two people, I always feel like oh, one of them just didn't get a chance to talk, and I feel like we've, we've actually everyone's talked, and it's made me yeah. very pleased. Um, usually, I'm I'm happiest if I'm the one talking least, so that's good stuff. Um, but the. Um, so the ending, like, how did you, it, it, it came out of nowhere for me. I was very pleased to see it. And like, it was how, how'd you think it was gonna? How'd you think it was going to end? On, I thought it was going to end, boy, I guess I thought it was going to end with uh, our character 
stopping the time loop, basically. Like, yeah. basically, you put in the warp core, and it, it, it somehow... Um, and actually, there's been some disagreement. I think it's the the ghost uh, the ghost matter got too close to the sun, and that's what triggered the supernova. Others think that the supernova was always going to happen. This is something that someone emailed me about right after the Scott episode with like a four paragraph email. Like, I love the show, but here's a problem I had with your theories. Um, yes. But I thought there'd that be some way that the the interloper would be uh, fixed, maybe, and the, the you'd you'd shut off the cycle, and maybe you'd end up dying, but the Harthians would live. It was a very you know very sort of typical ending. Um, yeah. I did not expect the sort of metaphysical quantum ending, even when it came. Like I was like. Oh, of course. Like that totally makes sense that there would be sort of like a, a ending that was a bit more uh, hard to pin down than I expected. But I still it did not see it coming. Cool. And then, sorry, that's like awesome to hear. Just cause you never know with that kind of yeah. thing. Like how much are people going to just like are people totally going to guess this like 10 hours before? Right. No. Um, and for the I don't most think part, like, guessed it. people have it. And it's like re- it's a relief. Um, the original sort of. Yeah. Um, oh, real quick, actually, I can clear something up because we're about to drop a patch. That oh, great. We, t- we tweaked some writing to clarify this um, because a lot of people think the interloper is blowing up the sun. Um, it is not. Oh, okay. All I feel right, like well, safe. We can just say that. Happy to be wrong. Wow. Okay. Uh, the sun is dying because it is old. And oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's a. Ba- I, I like that. That's uh, that that fits more with the uh, with the arc. Um, in yeah. general, I would say. But okay, I thought. I thought. I mean, not that obviously. I was okay with the interloper killing the sun too. But okay, good to be clarified. <laughs> So yeah, it's just that the sun expands; it naturally consumes the interloper's path. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is a little hard to get across in writing, especially when you know that's what ultimately kills the nomai. And so, it's I can't have a piece of nomai writing being like, "Oh, we are dying, and here is specifically why." Uh, <laughs> blow by blow account. You must have died oh, while God, writing that, it. That fucking. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> or, or perhaps less humorously, um, Lovecraft. Like, oh, right, the creature yeah. comes. You know. <laughs> it's too you scary. Know. I'm trying to describe it and can't because it's scary. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I mean, it, that was not what was going I, I never got the feeling that, the, that there was any sort of hacky writing going on that way. And so, like, that was a that was a, a pleasure to see that there wasn't hacky writing. But also, like, it, it definitely lended itself to me being like, but wait, what happened? Uh, so it's good. It's good to know uh, where where I was wrong. Uh, unironically, good to know. Um, but yeah. So like, where did where did yeah. did, did that ending? Was that something that so, you had thought about initially? Was that something that you came into that thinking, or was that I something that came? Please. Fairly, yeah. No, I can give like a, a hopefully pretty condensed history of that because um, I was going through actually some really really old like t- 2012 notes uh, the other day, and originally. Um, it was sort of a question of like, okay, how does the game end? Um, and stopping the time, like having the time loop end on some level just made sense. It's like, that's what you do in time loop stories. Um, and then the question was, okay, what happens next? And originally it was going to be, and by originally, I mean like before any story stuff really existed, but the obvious thing was like, oh yeah, like you pull, you turn off the time loop and you save everyone. That's the end. And then at some point I just remember after the game had evolved more into sort of this like search for answers and everything is about knowledge. Um, this idea that maybe the game would end by turning off the time loop so that you can answer one final question. Mm. And, and sort of, and then the question was like, okay, maybe originally it was like these two artifacts. And the question was what happens if these two artifacts are brought together? And then the answer was 
the Big Bang happens. And at this point, we already had the idea that your sun is dying and also all of the other stars are dying because it's the end of the universe. And it was sort of this idea that building up this question of what is this thing that's older than the universe? And then when you finally reach it, it turns out that it sort of gives birth to a new universe and it's sort of part of this like broader cycle. Uh, and so that was just like the idea for like the longest time. It was just mm. like, okay, and at the end, something will happen and there'll be a big bang, like the end. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm, okay, so as we were trying to tie in the curiosities together, originally the quantum stuff, because that was just sort of a mechanic initially, like, well, this is weird. These rocks move around. We can have a moon that does that. Um, we were going to have it where the Nomai used the quantum mechanics to create the time loop. And instead oh, of, okay. instead of like looping back every, instead of being a more traditional, like sending memories into the past through a wormhole, um, it was this idea of the quantum rock or whatever they use splits reality and sort of you're experiencing each possibility. Um, and it was still the same thing. They're shooting off a pro. Quick sidebar. We went through universe. so many different versions of how time travel could theoretically work. Oh my God. Just like so many, like (laughs) literally this, this man as, as a child wrote a story about like outer space travelers and, and, and a time loop. And these are things he just kind of like, we grew up talking about because he's the older sibling. And so like, of course I, I was always like, Oh yeah. Like let's, let's talk about your cool idea. So (laughs) like, we already had a history of doing this. And then all of a sudden, Alex is like talking about splitting quantum realities. And I'm sitting there with my notes like, okay, just, just give me like five minutes for my brain to process this. And then we can move on. <laughs> that's really funny. Like that's, I, I love that the, um, I love that the cons, like the concepts you were working on as a kid were stuff like as like a, a grown adult. I'm like, all right, I got to sit down and remember, what are the quantum things? What is a time loop? Like, that's, I'm, I'm definitely starting, did not I'm, know quantum shit. I'm on Team kid. Kelsey in terms of being impressed now. Oh, oh thanks. It's it, in prior. Sorry, in, sorry. Like, my, uh, my, uh, my connection there seized up for a hot minute. What I missed. Oh, I said I was, I was on Team, team Kelsey in terms of saying that uh, Alex was very smart. Oh, yeah, it's very annoying. I had to grow up under that. <laughs> in practice, I can assure you, is a lot more like, like, we got like all these parts on the floor, just like, how the fuck do we make any of this make sense? Um, but, well, and, and yeah, maybe rethink that once. Parts, like, here's a thing that's older than the universe, and like, you know, you could make something real sweet with those parts. Well, like, the, we're making a sick monster truck with that. Right. Well, the reason <laughs> it's like, it sounds like you make it sound smart, but like, the reason, um, we changed, we, we were like, oh, we have to, we can't use quantum for the time loop was because we have this thing older than the universe and it's going to be the culmination. It's going to be like this thing you've been seeking the entire game or you've been hearing about. Like, it's got to be like the weirdest thing. And we're like, well, we're not going to come up with anything weirder than the quantum mechanics stuff we already have. Um, so it's just like, I guess, I guess the eye of the universe is just like the most quantum, like the source of all quantumness. Um, and I guess we'll just do the time loop a different way. Hey, we have this black hole. And like, oh man, what if, and we already had the teleporters on, on, on Ash Twin. And then that, that led to the idea of, oh, maybe like they discovered time travel hmm. with their teleporters. And then, oh my God, like if we can use the warp core for both teleporters and for um, time travel, then that's an excuse for why you can take the core from the Ash Twin project to the vessel at the end. Um, hmm. So just a lot of shit kind of happened as a result of yeah, just moving quantum. I don't know how we quantum. made this game either. It just worked out there, I guess. I think we got lucky there that, like, those pieces like fell on the place. we just building off of existing things and going back and reworking. I probably rewrote the game, like, five times in full, like, minimum. 
but wow. but not the ending. We uh, never we never true. touched the ending until we actually got there. In fact, it kind of bummed me out. Um, a lot of people talk about space travel being really terrifying to them, and I kind of already went through that stage as a child, where my brother's like, allow me to tell you about black holes! And child posting, <laughs> like, oh my god! Scaring your sister is so, very that, important. I told my sister about botulism poisoning. Freaked her out for... She still won't up. eat from dented cans. So I get it. Like, that's... <laughs> It's the things that Lynn's That could be a positive yeah. impact, though. It's true. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, the things that we talked about... Oh, my God. ...was like, oh, well, I guess I'll be more careful around black holes in the future then. You know? <laughs> it's good to have a healthy fear of uh, black holes. No, of course. You like, just never know, like, really. Lurking everywhere. Um, especially so, in science fiction. <laughs> but um, point being, the uh, I, I kind of was already on board with a lot of that general discussion so when he he was like yeah this has to be you know the end of your universe and I was like okay cool like new big bang we can work with that like let's make that happen but then once we actually I kind of didn't think about it that much I feel like until we actually got to the point where we were ready to work on the ending because we had a lot of general ideas Mm -hmm. but I even even having had all those conversations before with him kind of got to a point where I'm like isn't this super depressing that we've just, like, sent you to your death? Because I, I friggin' hate games like Shadow of the Colossus that, like, effect- effectively just punish you for playing. Like, you were the bad man all along. Like, yeah, yeah, of course I was. Yeah. The only nah, way to win shoot. is not to play. <laughs> I mean, everything up until that moment, the, the goal was to sort of get players to, to realize that, oh, yeah, there's, like, nothing they can do at this point to save the solar system or the universe. And it's really just this, like, okay, I'm going to, like, turn off the time loop which means I'm going to 100% die, you know, at some point here. <laughs> right. uh, but I want to know the answer to this one final question. Uh, and then we had, so we'd move quantum to the eye. Um, and, and it kind of fit together because it was like suddenly the eye was this yeah. place where reality becomes super like a matter of probabilities and starts to break down the closer you get to it. Mm. Um, and then the, and it, the quantum moon was uh, then like, assigned to be like okay well that was the the moon of this planet that fell through the eye right once the eye was literally yeah. once the eye was literally a planet we're like well that's that's the quantum moon that's where that comes from <laughs> um, perfect which actually in turn solved. made all of our quantum stuff kind of make more sense i don't want to say we retconned it but just as we developed stuff we would go back and be like okay well that reinforces this and like let's make that connect mm. everywhere right it's not retconning if the game's not out right um, no i mean that's just, <laughs> yeah that's just that's just revision Right. And so and so the end sequence conceptually at that point was like, okay, the eye is this super quantum thing and the player is going to enter it. And by entering it, they will, quote unquote, observe it and collapse it into a, you know, out of all these possibilities, it will collapse into a definite quantum state. And I won't like explain exactly like the canonical version of like what actually happens in there. But that at that point, it was just like, oh, cool. And let's just make this pretty much just sat down and started like from the beginning, just blocking out sort of. um a sequence that, I mean, each piece sort of fit together naturally, but when we had it all together in the end, it was sort of like, oh God, this is like ridiculous. Um, That's actually, that, that was sort of what I thought happened. So I'm, 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 I'm very pleased. <laughs> it's close to my understanding of how the game was, how the game ended. So that, honestly, that's uh, affirming on that's some awesome. level. Yeah. Originally that sequence was not intended to be that long. It was just sort of in the process of making it, you start to like you play it and you're like, well, this, this area, like this moment doesn't feel like it's stretched long enough. Cause you kind of want to go through that arc of, um, like bringing players to like the lowest point, which is when the forest is all dark. 
mm-hmm. and sort yeah. of you have to show you're like okay we have to point people like how do we show them that like everything's dying again just to sort of drive that point home and that's the idea of like oh you end up in the observatory in that forest of galaxies and then once everything is sort of once the slate is clean and everything's just gone it's sort of gradually bringing things back to life um yeah and like like the travelers were never originally going to be there that was sort of a we needed players, we needed an excuse for players to sort of wander around the forest for a bit to kind of build up to this final moment. Um, and we already had And then this... because we wanted to put them in and, and do that, then that kind of became an avenue to give players who are a little more like me and a little less like Alex some kind of, you know, resolution, I guess, towards, right. like, yes, the world, this is the end of everything. Originally, but it was going to okay. be you, like, kind of bringing in a quantum way, like, things you recognize back into existence and, uh, you know, yeah. sort of like the trees and sort of elements that you've seen. Cause it was this idea of like almost reverse quantum of like things start to appear when you're used to, you know, everything has disappeared and now things start to come back. Um, but then it was like, Oh my God, we have this piece of music that like we already made layer on itself. <laughs> and uh, like, so, so kind of the idea to bring the travelers in there kind of came from the fact that we had already made their instruments overlap. Um, and now it just really mm-hmm. seems like those instruments were built for that final sequence, but it was sort of another, like, almost retconning them in, and it worked so well. Yeah, I loved uh, the, without, the... Yeah, hearing that was well, wonderful. Without getting super into the character work, um, it was also kind of... It then became a chance to tie off their kind of individual arcs, because mm-hmm. even though, obviously, their character arcs are kind of cut off abruptly... Um, they do have them, and <laughs> a lot oh, yeah. of it's based on, like, you know, I've kind of assigned them each, um, like, a major flaw and then kind of a, a boon that I see existing in myself and, like, the way I think about the world. And so that kind of was a chance then to let things come to a close so you weren't like, oh, my God, poor Ryback, they never actually got to see the city and everything and, you know, everything you worked for there. Um, having them kind of, for example, have that conclusion of, like, no, it was good. I had a good time, you know. Hmm which is a gross oversimplification right now. But. No, a sense of closure. Um, and sort of, we also like wanted that moment of like, like, okay, this is it. Like, this is like the final thing you're about to, like that moment where you jump into that orb is sort of, that's like sort of like all it was going to be originally. And then we had to build, we had to build all of the stuff before it leading up to it um, for it to sort of like pay off the right way. <laughs> that um, but sense. that was sort of like the moment, right? Where you jump in and then the big bang happens. Um, it's very helpful to have characters when you don't have a narrator, you know, have something stand in where you can be like, all right, here we go. Like, this is happening. <laughs> you know, no, that totally makes sense. You come yeah. to terms with whatever's, whatever, whatever the hell's going on here. I think what, like, what, what was together so... better than I thought. It was really hard to write, though. Oh, my God. I bet. Like, it doesn't seem like it would be easy. <laughs> hey, you know what, what I, what I really... article from Tom Marks that Mm -hmm. talked a little bit about like death anxiety and like that was a huge thing for me going through that so having to confront that and do it in a way that felt like authentic and meaningful and like gave something to the player other than just like here's some flavor text kind of explaining what the hell's going on yeah yeah what i liked (laughs) what i liked about that was it really it took like i think one of the things i really loved about the game was that it did introduce you to this world where you didn't have to worry about like dying or losing things like things kept coming back and there's a real comfort in that. But then like the, the realization that like, no, you can't have that forever. You have to like conclude like that didn't feel forced. It just felt like something that you let the players come to on their own, which I really appreciated. Um, I want to ask one more question and then, um, then I'll let you go. But my last question is, uh, how tempting was it 
to make the final, uh, the final death, um, uh, complete. Like, you know, when, when you, when you, uh, when you turn off the thing and if you die then, and it says you died, how tempting was it to just say like, okay, now you're back at the beginning of the game. You're, you're done. Oh, so tempting. <laughs> oh my God. It'd be so good. I pushed we... for it mercilessly, but you did ingest. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I, because I, I like to be a little contrary. Um, in general, and so I was like, no, you know what, no, if, if the player, like, I don't know, if the player, like, doesn't make it there in time, but they've already disabled the warp core, they should die and lose everything, that's the game, and then more level heads were like, that's insane, and we can't, we can't do that, I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Oh, we, we, no, no, we, <laughs> so we sometimes all it's wanted hard to, to do that. step out of the, dis- no, no, that's Really true. badly, um, like, it was just like, oh, that's <laughs> really so, cool. No, no, we really wanted to, but, like, there's a point where you have to just be like, all right. Like, we even, like, if you die at the eye, which is hard to do, but you can do it, like, you respawn at the vessel. It's just like, all right, like, um, we can't, there are limits, unfortunately. <laughs> no, definitely. And, like, um, uh, yeah, it's like, it was one of those things where when I, um, when I was <laughs> one sec, till when I was talking to uh, my friend about it, I was like, "Oh, I really thought we were gonna die," and he was like, "I would have been so mad," and he's like, <laughs> "But I would have completely respected that too." <laughs> I, hope, I hope that the fact that like, oh wow, if you die in the beginning of the game, like it just says you're dead in the credits roll, and then you do have to restart from the beginning. I hope that at least like seeds a little bit of fear in people's hearts during that sequence. Like, yeah, like it, they wouldn't put it past us, kind of a thing. It seeded some fear in my heart. I'll tell you that much. Um, well. <laughs> I should let you go because Actually, I think something hey, has happened. Oh, good. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say a quick question for you because I'm just very oh, idly curious. Actually, actually, um, ask the question in one second. I'm going to I'm going to fix this thing on the TV. I will be right back. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, no, no. It's it's fine. She uh, she just came in and I didn't want to uh, let her sit. Five year olds are not known for their patience. No, no. Fair enough. Man, I probably should have said something when we were talking about the ending, but I just I absolutely love all of the like the vignettes you created with the travelers in acquiring their instruments. Oh, thanks. I mean... I mean, we kind of didn't even touch on it, but thematically, that's really gorgeous work. We talked... I mean, Can we I talked a lot of- about a game I worked on? <laughs> yeah. No, it all... Oh, that whole sequence came together really wonderfully. The writing's really cool, and, like, just, like, the audit... The, the, I mean, the fact that that, the, that that music works that way... Oh, um, yeah, God. ...is impressive. Yeah. Andrew's a freaking genius. No, it's really good. I almost said earlier how uh, Solanum's like a perfect example of something that like originally on paper was just like, and you meet a Nomai. And then like we ended up like you ended up creating this entire character for them. And then like the end sequence, they appear and sort of like it all gets roped in. I'm going to I'm going to include that. What was like really solid about development was just the fact that we like things would come up as even just a one off idea or like, you know, if you guys were like, hey, we need thing to exist. I could kind of work that into or, like, we worked that into the story in an appropriate way. It wasn't just shoehorned in. It was like, okay, if we put this in, it's going to change X, Y, Z. So, like, let's have that react to it appropriately as well. That worked really well. Just if you guys hadn't done that clued in on, like, you and Lone especially were so good about keeping the narrative in mind and the themes. So it was so easy to work with you to accommodate, like, whatever changes because you're all kind of working toward that still overall thematic goal. It's going to be so hard to not keep that in. 
um, <laughs> the conversation you were having when I was not there, because that is, uh, I mean, it sounds you're, like you're a really good one. Welcome to it, actually. Oh, great. Okay, great. Uh, Julian, leave that in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, that wasn't supposed okay. to be like a, a big secret. Off, off the record. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, off the record, Andrew's a really great composer. <laughs> Don't tell him I said it. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> the uh, I will say like everyone talks everyone I've ever talked about this game is like the emotional feelings I get when I start hearing the arpeggios happen uh, for the end of the universe I, I can't really like it's too hard to talk about <laughs> it's like yeah no it's <laughs> a genius it's it's pretty intense uh, in, in the best possible way it's pretty intense but um yeah he's a fantastic work um so you had a question for me sorry oh yeah uh, I just wanted to know uh, what endings did you get? Oh, uh, let me see. So we got the there, ending. There is, there is an overall, like, main official, you know, well, we got. We, I'm not trying to imply that it's that branching. We got the, um, the, uh, we got the ending where we died, um, because we got eaten that by is. the anglerfish after we turned off the reactor, um, after we turned off the, the, the quantum machine. Um, we got the ending, the sort of, like, the, the ending we were all talk we were just talking about where, wherein, um, you know, you recreate the universe. Um, I think those are the endings we got. Is there another ending we missed? There are a couple that, especially toward the end, we were like, oh shit, actually technically this can happen. Like Alex would come in and be like, hey, did we account for this? And uh, we had not. Okay. Yeah, I, I heard someone was talking to me about the fact that you can not go to the quantum moon and um, thereby not meet the Nomai. Uh, oh yeah, there's. If yeah. you don't meet blew my mind. Sonam doesn't show up at the eye if you haven't met them. I I was very shocked by that. I was like, you have to be wrong. You have to meet Solanum. Like, not meeting Solanum. Come on. <laughs> they, they were like, no, that technically. I love that as to. as a thing that you guys were willing to do with design too. Just the fact that we were able to be like, okay, here's this big awesome, or at least I hope awesome experience, but also you don't have to have it. Yeah, it that was really surprising. Because um, for the longest time, the quantum moon was always just this sort of a tell you more about the eye, I guess, as sort of its payoff. Um, but it never had sort of a definite, I guess, you know, it, there was never, a, it wasn't part of the, it wasn't a key to the end game the way the other curiosities were. Mm -hmm. um, but once we had like that final sequence in Solana, it was really awesome to be like, oh, but if you don't do the quantum moon, we don't, have, like Solana won't show up during the end sequence. And that kind of gave it a nice sense of... Um, of mattering in the end. Yeah, it was so painful to imagine that end sequence without Solanum for me. I was like, oh, but Solanum's so important. Like, just one of the right. characters I really like. We actually, that's after we had that sequence, Andrew did go back and write um, Solanum's music specifically for that. Cause oh, we, wow. We didn't have it because Solanum doesn't like play an instrument in the solar system. So we did that. That And I love that's like one of my favorite pieces of music in the game. So. I love it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, and what other what other endings are there? What, what else? What else was there that was a plausible thing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm wow. fascinated by this. There is one I in have um, a favorite. the high energy lab. Um, and we were talking, it's, it's where you can put in the two warp cars and it creates a, a black hole and a white hole and you can throw your scout through it. And okay. you can kind of see like, oh my God, it like comes out of the white hole slightly before it enters the black hole. If you've read yeah. the energy to it. Um, and then we were like, oh no, wait a second. Like, can't you just like, if you shut off the, the, if you turn off the portal while there are two of them, you've just duplicated the probe. Why didn't the Nomai just use this to gain infinite energy? And so we were like, well, the time loop is technically just like information into the past. Um, so the way it works is that it's only safe to send information. Okay. So we're going to we're going to say that, like, if you if there if you duplicate an object 
and you don't sort of complete the loop. Like if you have two scouts and one of them doesn't go into the black hole to sort of complete the causal loop, you'll have created At like, exactly the right time to right. close the loop, which would be incredibly difficult. Right, but technically I don't think it works it. that way, but uh, <laughs> it, so, so if you go to the high energy lab and you throw your scout through and if you pull out one of the warp cores while there are still two scouts, um, uh -huh. the warps will disappear and it won't go into the black hole because there is no black hole. So you'll just like, they'll both land. Um, and then sort of it rips apart the fabric of space-time because wow. that seemed like the thing to do. So it's really just to like close a weird plot hole in our uh, physics. But uh, <laughs> Wow, good for you for including it, though. Yeah, that's what the majority of our endings, our, our bonus endings are just like, oh, what if this fringe contingency happens? But I oh, especially really love it cool. because there's literally a piece of text that's like, couldn't you break the fabric of space-time? And like, oh shit, yeah, we should we should definitely not do that. And that's why setting that precedent with Ghost Matter in the beginning was very useful. Right. We're like, oh, we'll do it. Cool. We're crazy. I mean, if there's a narratively <laughs> consistent way for your player to sort of destroy reality, like, kind of obligated to let them do it, I think. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, especially <laughs> in, I mean, especially in the experience you guys made, like, that's sort of part of it. Like, it feels like if you can screw up and destroy reality, this is the game that would let you do it. I yeah. would think. Yeah. yeah, we try, you know. Dig your own grave, sort of oh, our design ethos. That's fantastic. I had no idea. I, I, wow, I really respect that you included that. It didn't like signpost it heavily. Because that is just yeah, like, it's very, it's very like, clever. It's choose your own adventure and all of them end with dying in space. Yeah, that, but not, yeah. not, and like the one way you die in space is actually kind of nice. It, it's a little hopeful. There's an optimal space death for sure. <laughs> that's, you want to get the best the, space death. <laughs> That's, what's, that's always what I'm thinking when I'm when I'm thinking about the 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 potential of space is like what could what but what's the best space death? Um, yeah. What's your optimal space death? Is it is it uh, suffocation or crash? Oh no, that would that would hurt. Oh, suffocation's the worst. You think? I think I I'd want to die in like cryo sleep probably. Okay. Are we talking like real space death? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, let's let's oh, get let's man. let's do it. I want to fall into a yeah, black hole. Yeah, and you don't want to suffocate. Okay, like, you know in Apollo 13 when they're running out of air? Yeah. Like, I remember as a kid holding my breath way too much in that movie, and it really stressed me out. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. That sucks. I guess I was, I guess I was I'll, thinking I'm of, of like, falling that, like, into holds... the vacuum. Like, if you just, like, totally oh, fall into the vacuum, yeah, you'd fine. be done quick. That's, that's yeah. true. Go for that. I think as long still... as the, the vacuum of space doesn't work, like, um... What is that? Alien re... I don't know. Rebirth? Something. There's that one where that's like Ripley's a clone and then they shoot a hole in the window and it sucks out the alien like a little bit at a time and it looks very gross. Great great yeah. special effects for it. Great practical effects. But... Well, yeah. Yeah. Don't don't go like that. Okay. I'm not going to go like that. I think you still... Do you still asphyxiate in that case if you just fall? Because you don't, you don't die from... Uh... Don't your lungs explode? Isn't that like... No. Oh, okay. I mean, it, it, if your if, if your lungs had splitted, I guarantee you we would have um, we would have put that in the game. <laughs> <laughs> <And> so, so, <laughs> just like, sound effects. I'm just like I don't think like I'm sure whatever we do when you jump out without your suit isn't like the most accurate thing ever. But I'm pretty sure you still like die of asphyxiation on some level. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I looked that up, but it's been a while since I thought about space. I'm yeah. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know what? More power to you for not dying in space. <laughs> well, uh, Kelsey, Alex, thank you so much for talking to me. This has been an absolute joy. Um, 
where can people find your work? Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Um, obviously people can find you by buying the outer wilds and they should be, um, where else can people, and I heard it's coming to switch, which is very cool. That's the outer worlds. Did someone told me it was the, are you serious? Someone was like, saw it and thought it was the outer. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Someone was like, Oh, that game that you guys streamed is coming to switch. And I was like, Oh, amazing. That's going to be so cool. With all respect to Obsidian, I really wish they hadn't done that. <laughs> I've, I've talked to Josh before. I'll, 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 um, I'll tell him that he really screwed up. <laughs> oh, no, I, uh, I, met, I met somebody from Obsidian at GDC, and I was like, yeah, if you uh, ideally, you know, I want to work on... It didn't work out, but I wanted to work on The Outer Worlds so that I could have both on my resume. So <laughs> because that would have been the dream. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. That... Pff. But I was, I was working at Insomniac while they, they were in development at that point, so no dice. That's a little tricky, yeah. Um, well, obviously, so <laughs> The Outer Wilds, not not on uh, not on Switch, so that's okay. Um, not everything has to be on Switch, counter to popular belief. Um, that is the popular belief. That is the popular belief. It'd be great. I mean, like, you know, well, right now we're, yeah, on uh, Xbox. Yeah, on Xbox console. Xbox and PC. Um, go play it. Go buy it. It's, it is absolutely worth your time. Um, but what else? Where else can people find you? Uh, I'll, 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 Sir, I'll I, I know you met like uh, on the internet. I'm just like, well, I'm like, first you have to promise that you're not a narc, and then we will tell you about the secret woods meetings. <laughs> Bring a mask. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a process. Um, well, I can't wait to learn more about it. I am not a narc, uh, and you can just tell me out there. Um, no, the uh, so no, like, you can. Yeah, Kelsey, you, you go can ahead. Find me pretty easily online. Um, I'm literally just kelseybeecham.com. Okay. Right. Are you on Twitter right. and places Which like why, that too? That's why I didn't change my name when I got married. I am, um, but it's got all my contact info on there. Um, oh. I think also my email. But yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter at um, Van Kelsing. Oh, that's good. I like that. I used to play roller derby. Yeah, thank you. Oh, you used to play roller derby and you were Van Kelsing there? I did, yeah. That's cool. Roller derby is time. very, very cool to me. I, I admire any women It's a lot play... of work to be in that shape. Yeah, I it's the, the women who do roller derby are just like far more in shape and uh, and cool than I can imagine being. So like <laughs> more cool. power to Let them. Let me just dis- disavow you of that notion real quick. <laughs> I am not cool for one, and uh, for I was just I'm like like the small. I used to be the small fast one that skated to get points. So it's cool. Oh, that's important. You were I, like, I'm not you were, like tall. You were the star. No, but that's that's is that not what point. you want to be in, in roller derby? <laughs> Hmm. My dream would be to just be like way more muscular than I, I ever will put in the effort to be. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it's not happening. <laughs> well, I admire it anyway. Um, okay, Van Kelsing and um, uh, Alex, where can people find you? Oh, I'm just at Alex Beecham on Twitter. It's uh, it's my name. And and please, everyone, remember they are not married. Uh, in case you were wondering, uh, that is, they are brother and sister. Uh, which I you're the first brother and sister team. Both my brother and my partner, so. Are we really? Yeah, the, you're the first brother-sister team I've ever had on the show, which is uh, very cool to me yeah. as as part oh. of a uh, brother and sister. Yeah, we just grew up making shit. Alex used to think he was going into uh, cinematography, studied that for a bit in undergrad, and I wrote some scripts for him back then. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then... Uh, just used he to was, working with each other. He was disabused of that notion and went into video games instead. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I said disavowed of that notion earlier, didn't I? That is the, not the uh, phrase. I think it was one of those things where it's like, 
video games, like, the, the, everything has to work. Like, you do a time travel story, um, you have to make it where, like, you know, the player has to actually engage with that, and that was, like, a little too appealing. Oh, yeah. No, so. that totally makes sense. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, you're actually... There's there are there are stakes that you can't get around by saying like oh I didn't I it's just not narratively there sorry was it not that not that you shouldn't make it make sense in films <laughs> like you know all the best uh, <laughs> I think it was actually it was probably more of the uh, films are just such a newer medium or films mm-hmm. games are such a newer medium um, and that just seemed like more room to experiment that's fair yeah there's this Charlie Chaplin fellow you should hear about Alex <laughs> yeah. he's Excuse quite me? good <laughs> quite good and, uh, I'll have to I'll have to look into that. Um, I've never heard well, of him. Agency and I, is hard to resist. Seems a little scary. Uh, <laughs> well, cool. Um, well, thank you so much again for being on. Everyone should be playing um, the Outer Wilds. It is a a lovely game. I hope I hope it does you well during award season. I can't wait to see uh, what all comes of that. And um, oh my god, that is a thing. Holy yeah, shit. no, for oh, sure. Wow. <laughs> Man, I'm it's taking like, this one day at a time. <laughs> it's like when I yeah. This is like when when um, when. Uh, Scott won the BAFTA, and like I was talking to him, and he's like, "We won a BAFTA. What do I do about this?" I, like, I don't know. Like, it's so good. <laughs> I've never, never won a BAFTA, man. Like this is just. He's like, it's not important. Like every like, kind of deserve it, though. A BAFTA is important. Like you gotta. I think you deserve That's, the BAFTA. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start hell a. Hell yeah, they do. Grassroots. Yeah. No, no, you. I think Kelsey Beach, Kelsey Beecham for BAFTA <laughs> is my grassroots campaign at this point. Fart noise of disbelief. If you get me in there, you've got to get Alex alone because I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make the story stars. would not, you know, Alex, <laughs> Alex is, I mean, if he hadn't come at me with things like, hey, I'm going to do this thing with multiple alien species and here's this object that's older than the universe and it's about curiosity and exploration. Do you want to like write some text for me? And I, you know, yeah, d- shit. Yeah. Actually, I don't <laughs> even know if you asked me, Alex. I think it was, I don't know if it, I asked you first or you asked me, but <laughs> who can say? I think this was just always inevitable. Hmm. We're just, just always inevitable, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> the Outer Wild story. <laughs> the real fatalistic. <laughs> the real takeaway from Outer Wilds is that uh, you can't actually change anything in your future. It's written, and <laughs> we're, we're all, set on a uh, terrible course from the beginning, and none of us can escape from it. Puppets to the laws of nature. <laughs> nature will kill you, but you can understand it. <laughs> it's a good tagline. Yeah. This was really lovely. I, I can't I can't thank you enough for coming on, and uh, I will let you go. But uh, please come back again if you ever have anything more to say. We would love to talk to you again. And, uh, thanks. And yeah, the best best of luck with everything coming on in the future. Uh, thank yeah. you so much. Thanks a lot. Yeah, of course. Take care.